Welcome to Idle Talk today. It's again, I'm procrastinating episode 50, but we got a little Reddit episode for you on deck. But first, before we get right into that, I want to just say I was right about Logan Paul. Like, you know, as much as that sentence could get you mad, angry, or whatever the case may be, but ever since this incident back in 2015, 2016, whenever that may have occurred in Japan, I always thought, you know, that that wasn't going to let, uh, that wasn't going to stop him from succeeding. Um, I feel like we should not forget about that incident, of course. Uh, we should always kind of keep him accountable for that. But I knew that, you know, you just, sometimes you just know when people are going to bounce back from stuff. And I definitely knew that that wasn't going to affect him in the long run. I've, I've described him as, and people kind of look at me weird when I say this, as the next Joe Rogan of podcasters. And I feel like Joe Rogan's time has officially ended he is not going to be considered a top guy anymore i feel like the spot is primed for logan paul to take it but you know who knows any anybody else could come up in the scene and kind of like take that spot from joe rogan because of all of his uh you know covid uh shenanigans that he talks about in his podcast people are just getting sick and tired of joe rogan and um his use of the n-word in the past and you know let's be frank like you know people are tired of joe rogan but i think logan paul's primed to take that position he's also gonna uh be at wrestlemania this year which is pretty like it's a pretty big deal considering that that is the mainstream wrestling company um a lot of people compare other companies to kind of like like a niche like hardcore wrestling fans but that is the most mainstream wrestling company you could work for yeah but i mean logan paul's got that that new prime energy drink with uh with ksi he's got a lot going for him he's got a successful podcast so i feel like you know over the next two years he's gonna overtake joe rogan as the number one listen to podcast which you know joe rogan kind of still holds that title even though he's only exclusively on spotify but you know i feel like his time has come and gone and um i think uh next man up is Logan Paul unless somebody else burst out in the scene so let's just jump right into it I got first thing was I saw this on Facebook which is the craziest part right it's a text uh chain and it's like what the fuck why did you have why did you leave out like that hello and the person's name is blurred out and just the person said babe I'm sorry for leaving abruptly like that I had a panic attack out of nowhere I haven't been in a crowded restaurant in years I just needed a few minutes of fresh air can you come outside um so that person is sending it, right? So we're, we're reading it out of the perspective of the person who had the panic attack. Uh, who are, the girlfriend uh, disliked that comment and she said, are you serious right now? You leave me here to explain to my family and friends why my boyfriend ran out crazy. You embarrassed me. You could have warned me, shaking my damn head. And then the person replies, again, I'm sorry, babe. It's fight or flight. I couldn't control it. I didn't mean for this to happen. Can you come outside with me for a second? Uh, she disliked uh, the message. You're sorry? You haven't had any attacks for in the 11 months we've been together. Now you freak out like a crazy person in front of people I have to see and work with? Now, I will be the laughing stock at work. Thank you for embarrassing me. No, I'm not coming out. And he replies, Damn, babe, I said I'm sorry. I think as the restaurant got crowded, that was a trigger for me. You know we haven't been to a crowded restaurant before. Can you come outside, please? I need you. And she says, No, please don't come back. And just go home. I thought this was something I could deal with, but I cannot accept this type of embarrassment anytime you have a trigger. I wouldn't want my kids to have that trait. I'm sorry, but we cannot continue with this relationship. Let's cool it for a while. He replies, can you please come outside and talk to me, please? She says, no, I have family and friends that came from far to hang out with us. Just go home and pack your stuff, please. I need distance. 
I'll let them know you're not feeling well. And he replies, are your family and friends looking at you right now? What? Duh, they're looking at me. Why would you ask me that? You're acting and talking crazy. Now, please don't text me anymore. Just go home. He replies, you were supposed to follow me out of the restaurant so I could propose to you. Your family and friends would have followed you outside. They were all in on this. Talk about embarrassment. I'll be, I will be going home now. Glad I know how you really feel about my mental health. If I did have a trigger, enjoy the rest of your dinner with your family and friends. And she replies, babe, wait, I'm coming out. Um, that's just something I wanted to share with you guys. So when I saw it, I was just like, where is this going? Like she's being like a total B. And it turns out he he was trying to get married, but thank God he did it. Like he, I say he dodged a bullet with that one. But it's you know, that's just people show you their true colors. And you know, I think that guy's got to be eternally grateful for that. Now let's get into the Reddit stuff. So I went on Ask Reddit. The first one I saw, I grabbed. So I screenshot some of the craziest things I've read while scrolling and doing the work for this uh, episode. Which, in reality, it is 9.41 p.m. on Monday. And um, I, couldn't, I couldn't put the, the episode I wanted to put together uh, in this amount of time. So, pivoting, adjusting, calling an audible, whatever you may say, whatever you may call it. But, that's what I'm doing right now. So, ask Reddit. It says, this is a serious question. What terrifying confession has someone told you while intoxicated? It's, it gets crazy. Okay. First one, my great uncle, while extremely intoxicated on my grandpa's porch, told me how he cut a woman's throat in Vietnam because he and two others were forced to draw straws to see who had to do it. I have no other context and none I can think of justifying anything. It destroyed his life. Already, man. (laughs) Already this shit is getting hot. Uh, (laughs) There's another one I want to read, but just like... I mean, is there a better way to choose who decides it? I mean, it would... I mean, how unfortunate it would be if you had to do a game of rock, paper, scissors for something serious like that, which, um, don't get me wrong, Vietnam was pretty crazy, and we didn't even win that war, so, like, at what cost, you know? Next one. One time, someone told me he used to f- feed LSD to this little girl who grew up on their street. Him and all the other kids used to lock arms around her and scream, nightmare, 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 while she was tripping. Bruh. That's pretty fucked up. Honestly, let's just like take a step back at this real quick. That's honestly probably the most trauma that traumatizing thing that has not that has never happened to me. Like, how like how fucked up is that? I'm like feeling a little bit sick reading that, but you know, I'm gonna have to put warnings <laughs> on this episode. This one is crazy. So again, um, sexual assault warning. While we get there, I'm gonna start saying them before I read them. Uh, it says, my husband told me when he was little, his older stepbrother, by six years, used to make him suck on his penis in order for him to play games with him. He only ever told me once and said he'll never, he never wanted to talk about it again. He said he didn't want to feel like a victim. We still see his brother regularly, but I can't act the same around him. That is, like, that is some fucked up shit. That is some definitely, like, some white people shit. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Next, this is murder warning. Uh, some guys, uh, some guy that had a crush on me confessed that he's been having thoughts about killing me. Um, I don't see what the purpose of like having those thoughts are. Like, like was that supposed to come off as romantic? You think, or like, why did he feel the need to share that information? Uh, none, nonetheless, nonetheless, let's move on to the next one. This one is. Uh, uh, 
alcohol abuse warning, um, suicidal abuse <laughs> or like warning, trigger warning. So um, the person says, my family life was pretty messed up, abusive, narcissistic, alcoholic parents. I always knew my mom was mentally ill, but this confirmed it. My 18th birthday, my parents were shit faced by midday. Mum was in one of those moods where nothing was right and everything was awful, and it was all my fault. Her and my dad ended up in a screaming match, Mum demanding that he kick me out of the house, and my dad saying that if I leave, then him or one of my sisters has to leave to make it fair. Don't even try to make sense of it, it's been over a decade and I still have no idea. Long story short, she took all the pills she could find in the house and tried to kill herself. I went for her, I went looking for her, found the packets, then found her with her head in the toilet. So I'm there on my birthday trying to figure out what pill she's taken while dialing an ambulance on my phone. She looks me dead in my eyes and says, I hate you. I wish you were dead. If I die, it's your fault. It broke me. Um, I kind of want to leave a reply to this person just to kind of be like, hey, it's like really not your fault. Um, I'm going to reply later. But their, their username is throwaway something something. I'm not going to say it. But... Obviously, it's not their main account, but I will leave a reply kind of just like being like, hey, dude, or yeah, dude, it's not your fault. At the end of the day, people can be real shitty, but it's it's how you react to that. It's how you take the, that information and those experiences and how you channel that into you. Are you going to kind of channel it into the same kind of energy and you know, emotions that they channeled to you? Or are you going to take it? reform it and kind of have an open heart and open and like an open connection and like a lot of love running through you you know ultimately it's up to us to decide how we deal with our experiences but on to the next one okay this is like just just a, just a warning for like violence i guess um it doesn't start off crazy it's just how it ends you know but uh so it, it's, it's another crazy one but i kind of just want I don't know why I'm talking about this. I just felt like, hey, let me go on Reddit and see if it's a good idea. So far, I don't think it's been a good idea, but hopefully we can end it on a lighter note as we go, as we progress through the episodes, but um, through, uh, not the episodes, as we pro you know, progress through the comments. Uh, but it says, we had this extremely petite gay fellow in my program in college who was 27, but genuinely looked and sounded no older than his mid-teens. He'd make fun of himself for it all the time. Choosing practice monologues written for kids or young women. Calling himself the King of Twinks or Peter Pan. Saying he was going to use his acting skills and kitty looks to help Chris Hansen catch pedos. That sure aged well. Anyway, at a post-semester booze-up, he got shit-faced and confessed to a few of us that he's never finished going through puberty properly because his dad had completely, warning, <laughs> emasculated him with a hunting wife, wife, knife, when he was 14 after catching him making out with his male cousin balls and dick he narrowly aver averted bleeding to death but his dad burned what was cut off so there was only so much reconstruction that could have been done once his grandparents and the ambulance got him to the hospital basically enough to be able to urinate he had some hormone therapy but the combination of testosterone and trauma made him fly into uncontrollable rages where he literally tried to bite people's throat out so he took the bare minimum to keep his system from going going totally out of whack and just stayed a runt in his words I don't even know what to say to that. That was, that didn't start off crazy. I just thought, you know, it was just funny. Like how, you know, he would describe himself at the beginning. But then once we got to the part about his dad finding him making out with his cousin, you know, I, that was like such a like 920 change 
like you know you, you you just can't believe that shit happens like this places especially uh i know the prompt said serious but you know sometimes you read the shit on the internet and you're hope that you know the statement of shit not being true on the internet like 99% of the time range true and that this was a lie switching subreddits we're gonna go to r slash horror stories i think i'm switching to that just because i want to read something that's scary but fictional um i've been getting in the habit of you know kind of just like practicing like reading stuff like that so because i know my tiktok audience you guys really like that uh real like horror story uh episode that i put out recently so you know we're gonna see we're gonna see how you guys react to oh we're gonna see how you guys react to this when I smack the microphone. But let's get into it. This story is called Five Knocks and it gets fucking crazy. I had to stop reading it because I wanted to like read it fully with like my actual like reactions to it, but it gets really good. I skimmed it. Five knocks. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to put these into words, but if I don't write this now, I may never get the chance. My name is Cassandra and I'm 14 years old. My mom and dad are always away on business, so I live with my grandma for a long time. My grandma is the nicest person, baking cookies when I'm sad, telling me about her soap operas on TV that she watches while I'm at school, knitting sweaters, all the stuff that makes up your classic sweet old grandma. That was until the incident. I came home to the house completely dark, the television blaring loudly in the back. Usually it was the cries of a tormented lover, but today it was just static, loud, unending static. The house was a wreck, like a tornado had swept through it. Broken dishes littered the floor. Cutlery was missing, which made me nervous, but I quickly realized that one of our four wooden chairs was missing from the dining set. I thought perhaps someone had tied up my grandma and was keeping her locked inside, perhaps like one of those episodes on Criminal Minds. I ran to the neighbors and pounded on the door until they answered, quickly explaining the situation as they ushered me inside, and I don't know what happened when the police came, but I do know they found my grandma hanging from the ceiling fan in the TV room. She wasn't dead, though. Her eyes just stood at the screen as she whispered the words five knocks over and over again. I knew what that meant as grandma had told me about her days as a witch in a coven before my mom was born. She had been excommunicated when she had given birth to a baby girl instead of a baby boy. She told me that as in her house late at night you could feel the air grow cold. Unnaturally so and there were these glowing yellow eyes that peer out from the darkness only to disappear moments later. The demon was a protector of the coven and those excommunicated lived with the demon for the rest of their days. But lately my grandma had become paranoid spending late nights trying to figure out some way to expel the demon from this realm. The demon was harmless till then but it had started scratching her arms while she slept leaving three long red lines upon them almost breaking the skin. My grandma said not to tell my mom. She wouldn't understand. My mom would just say that grandma was making up stories trying to scare me like she had scared her. After the incident, my mother and father came back home and started working at their offices instead of going away. I did not get to see my grandma for a long time, but after a year, my grandma finally moved in with us. At least that's who they told me she was. This woman was not my grandma. Her hair had gone almost white, falling out every time she moved. Her body was so fragile that I was afraid to hug her, but her eyes were bloodshot with a slight yellow to them. My parents told me my grandma had Alzheimer's and her liver started to fail, so they brought her home to be with her family before she passed. But I couldn't believe it. This woman was too different. She never spoke, never smiled, never left her wheelchair at all. She slept, ate, went to the bathroom in that chair, and sometimes I'd find her in my room just staring at me. 
Tonight was different though. Tonight I know my grandma's gone. I've called the police and I prayed they'll come soon. My grandma slit my parents' throat as they slept. I'm hiding under their blood-soaked bed. If you're reading this, it's because I'm long dead and the police may have finally released this to the public. You might think I'm crazy. Say that my grandmother had suffered irreversible brain damage and lost her mind to a pre-existing condition after hanging. But I know the truth. My grandma's soul was eaten by that demon, inhibiting her body before killing my family. The demon of COVID-338 is to blame, not my grandmother. May God have mercy on her soul. My name is Officer Judy Law, and for releasing this evidence to the public, I will surely lose my job. But the public has a right to know that this was anything besides natural. I was the first person in the scene. I didn't wait for backup. I should, I should have, I know. But this girl needed help immediately. I couldn't just wait around for the other officers and just let her die. What I saw was something I'll never forget. The floor was covered in blood, about an inch thick, though it was mixed with water from the broken sink. Inside the kitchen sinks were the heads of the mother and father, half boiled in the hot tap water. It was clear they had been there for a while, but that wasn't all. Two hearts and livers were cooking in oil, on the nearby stove as if being sautéed to perfection. I'll admit I contaminated the crime scene with vomit at the sight of it all, but I approached the upstairs. I heard a scurrying motion above me. Unsure of what it was, I took out my gun and cautiously made my way up. That's when I saw the three of them, the mother and the father headless corpse laying on the bed while their daughter was curled up in between. Her wrist had been slit, a razor blade collapsed in her fingers. She had given up hope on survival and decided she'd rather be with them than have her grandmother take her life. I heard the scurried sounds again, turning around to see the grandmother. You know that scene in The Exorcist where she walks down the stairs in that spider-like motion? Yeah, she was naked and spider crawling towards me. She held a knife in her hand, so before she could do anything, I shot. I shot a round of ammo in her, but that didn't stop, that didn't stop her coming towards me. She kept upon me, the knife pressed against my neck as she drooled upon my face. Then she moved her face just beside my ear. I won't forget what she whispered to me. Three knocks and I'm coming. Two knocks and I'm here. One knock on your window means I'm inside, my dear. Five knocks in total. Five different locks. All of them broken now, thanks to the broad. Broad? If you hear them, then you pass me on. Sing a song for God since it'll feel so wrong. Until then, swallow down your fear. That thing in your belly is precious, my dear. She then slit her throat, and I hate to admit it, but I swallowed some of that blood. I just laid on the floor, too shaken to get up. The chief came soon after, my husband, Marcus Law. Two weeks later, we found that I was pregnant with a baby boy, and I realized what that old demon woman said to me. I'm sitting at home now, waiting for those five knocks. I'm sorry to whomever I passed this on to, but I have to do this. I'm posting this so that people become aware, to help others pass this demon on and keep it at bay. Maybe... I'm just doing this to ease my own guilt, but the truth needs to be told. Please, if you hear five knocks, run. Run to the nearest door and pass it on. May God have mercy on our souls. See, <laughs> I like shit like that. I mean, that was pretty spooky. I won't lie to you. Like, I was reading it knowing it was like a work of fiction. But even then, I was like so like invested in that. And I, ha I have fun reading them. Uh, I hope people like that. You know, I know I'm not going to revert my podcast to a particular specific, like, horror narration podcast, but 
it might be something that I do later on the line, you know, our own separate little side project for that. But man, that was a good, that was a good ass story. And there's a lot of stories like that on Reddit. You know, it it, it kind of lost me in the middle where we changed perspectives to the police officer, which is like really unrealistic in my opinion. But you know, I digress. Let's switch subreddits and let's head to Am I the Asshole, a very famous subreddit. Okay, this one says, Am I the asshole for getting married before my sister after she announced her wedding first? I really feel bad and I don't know if I'm the asshole and how I can make everybody happy. So my sister and I, as children, were always very competitive in sports, grades, but as I got older, I didn't want that anymore. So I changed to a different sport she st and studied something completely different than her. She then started to get competitive with our personal life. She was always very passive aggressive about me having a boyfriend first. Later, I moved together with my boyfriend and she made mean comments about it all the time. After a while, she found her perfect match and things got easier. I knew that she wanted to get married first and be the first one to have children, and it didn't bother me at all because I'm in no hurry. Last Christmas, she announced that she was getting married in 2023, and I was really happy for her. At the beginning of this month, my boyfriend, 26, and I got a call from his younger brother, 24. He was informed from his doctor that he has a very aggressive disease. We couldn't believe it and went to his home to be there for him. My boyfriend was his best man for his brother's wedding. Their dad died when they were little and they are very close. It meant a lot to him. Last week, my boyfriend asked me if I would marry him. He said that he could understand if it's not that romantic, but he said that he could understand if that's not romantic, but he said he wanted to marry while his brother is here and to have him as his best man. I never cared about an expensive wedding with a lot of people and always wanted to have a nice day with the most important persons in our life. I feel like that should be people again. Um, so I could totally get that. I agreed because I love him and I know how happy it would make his little brother, but I immediately knew that this would cause stress with my sister. I called her. She knows that my boyfriend's brother is very sick and told her about the proposal and that it will only be a small wedding this year with her, my parents, my grandparents, and some friends. So she could still have this big wedding first. She got mad and called me jealous and that I'm using a dying person to get married first. I know that she's overreacting, but I do feel bad because she announced it first and it means so much to her. I don't want to ruin her moment. So, am I the asshole? They make an edit and they talk about how English is their second language and, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry about the people thing. <laughs> but, no, you're not. Uh, she sounds very self-centered. Again, very competitive in all the wrong ways. Like, everybody just relax, take a chill pill. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, again, you're not the butthole in this situation i feel like it's not an everyone sucks here moment either your sister is definitely overreacting in an unhealthy toxic manner as a result she's being a total asshole and that ends today's episode again it's not really episode 50 again i'm procrastinating that one but it is it was a crazy episode i won't lie to you so i'm gonna post this clip first so this episode that you're about to listen to or you're about to watch the clips for please warnings on all these things <laughs> you know for the audio listeners only i just i put the uh in my hand motion and i'm gonna put a lot of things uh but i'll put those in the show notes so that everybody is aware of what's going on it is a little 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 like 18 plus this episode and it's not even in a way that it's like sexual or anything like that. it's just really really quote-unquote real things and um so i'm, I'm gonna put all the warnings you know, in the appropriate spots, but thank you for watching, thank you for listening, uh, follow me on TikTok, at Idle Talk Pod, Instagram, at Idle Talk Pod, we have a Twitter, I don't really use it, I just retweet shit with my 
regular Twitter, but follow the podcast Twitter at Idle Talk Pod with a zero instead of an O. Um, rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. They share the same radio system, so clutch, please. Subscribe on YouTube, Idle Talk Pod. Um, I'm going to post shorts instead of the long clips because, frankly, uh, my opportunity costs. It's, it's kind of crazy doing everything by myself So, and managing how to pay my bills and shit like that. So, again, I'm going to have to cut some corners for now until, you know, we can get this fully locked and loaded. Um, again, I just want to shout out Italy. Not again, but, you know, shout out Italy. Like, I'm popping over there, apparently. I'm growing over there. So, my Italian listeners, shout out to you guys. Much love. Appreciate it. Canada. Apparently, I'm growing in Canada, too. You know, we we know the U.S. is my dominant, <laughs> my dominant region. But, you know, we're, like, surprisingly growing in other countries. And I appreciate that. And I, I, I reached out to this kid, this, like, 15-year-old kid. He's still in high school. Um, he's making beats. He reached out to me first, and I, you know, I took a chance. I'm like, this kid's young. I thought to myself, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, he's probably, probably sucks. And I, not, but I reached out to him and I said, hey, send me what you got. And he sent me this, this beat on Spotify. I liked it so much that I was like, I brought Malik upstairs. I was like, hey, you wanna listen to this for a second and see how, see how it makes you feel, see how it resonates with you. Um, and he liked it too. So I texted that kid. I said, hey, hit me up at the start of the summer because the summer music gets hot. You know, outside gets hot. People start doing things. So I told them, reach out to me at the start of the summer. Work on your craft. Put some stuff out. And I would love to talk to that kid on the podcast. Because I judged the book by its cover. I thought it was going to be XYZ. And it's not. So hopefully he kind of holds up to that standard that I already have in my head for him. And I would love to talk about how a kid that young is just that creative and how his brain works. And so I'm excited for that. But that was this week's Idol Talk. Again, not officially number 50, but technically number 51. Number 50 is going to be special, okay? We, we have to do something special. Um, if anything, I got a plan B for number 50. That triggered a memory for me. I'll tell you the memory. Um, when I was in South Carolina, I know I talked about that two episodes ago, but that Walmart lady, she was like, you here again with a plan B? Is it a different woman? And I was like, no, nah, it's the same one. So I, I bought, like, a record, like, 20 Plan Bs in, like, my time there. But then somebody told me that after, like, three Plan Bs, it just doesn't work the same. And I've just been like, what the fuck? That sucks. But that was this week's Idol Talk. I'm Fernando. Appreciate you for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast with people that, you know, don't, haven't listened yet. And, you know, maybe I'll be their favorite podcast. Who knows? I won't know until you share it. So please share it. I appreciate the people who have been listening. And I appreciate the new people that come and take a chance. And just follow me along this ride. And if today was your first episode, I apologize that I, that this was the first episode you listened to. Uh, maybe go back, listen to some some funny ones, <laughs> please. Um, maybe, so you can get a gist of what this podcast is about. Uh, or some serious ones. Um, how about my podcast with... Uh, Becoming a Sunflower host, Jazabelle. That's a serious one. Um, even the one on her on her account. Go listen to that one too. Or listen to like the one, Are We Okay? That's like top four episodes, I think. That was like literally number four or number five. Go listen to that one. Or listen to one of our first like guests who talk about mental health seriously, Chris Marie. I was just looking at the stats. That's one of our most one of our most popular episodes. Um, and it talks about her struggles living with anxiety and depression. And kind of how she copes with them. So again, if you're new, go check those out. Um, I might throw those up in the story. Who knows? You know, you you won't know until you follow us on Instagram. So go check that out. But I'm gonna end this episode right here. Peace. Mm-hmm.